Burn the Haystack with Josh and Jesse. I'm Jesse. And I'm Josh. And this is a podcast to help you save the best and burn the rest of your culture and faith practices. And today we have, obviously, part two of the Three Angels message. So the second angels message that we'll be covering today and going over. So, I mean, I guess you could listen to all of these episodes in isolation and it'll be fine. But obviously, if you listen to all three, you get the the bigger picture of the three angels message yeah yeah you guys are grown-ups you can go back and listen to part one that's it's not a big deal definitely do it if you are wanting to listen to this series uh it'll give you an excellent foundation to listen to the second part it's yes i would agree i would agree so yeah make sure you make sure you do that if you yeah no just do it i'm not even gonna say if you want to just do it that's you're commanded to um sorry thus say the lord uh, yeah (laughs) (laughs) Um, But before that, you guys know what we do every week. It's question of the week. Woohoo! All right, what's the question of the week this week? Uh, Pretty simple. What is a song that you've been listening to lately? Ooh! (laughs) Actually, this is... I don't know. Uh, I don't know if we have the same song, but... No, we don't. All right, all right. So, uh, two weeks ago, as we talked about last week... Both Josh and I um, went back to went over to South Queensland Big Camp where we spoke, and we're not going to talk about it today because we talked about it plenty last week. But one song I was introduced to while I was at South Queensland Big Camp was a song called "Damn Good Mates" by Lee Kernigan. <laughs> that was not the one I thought you were going to say. Okay. <laughs> there were there two was another song. There from were two. Trip. Maybe I'll just do the second. I had another song I was going to share, but I'll just do the second song from the trip. Well, the All second right. song yep. was a lot more spiritual. So I just took the... It's a very funny. So our good friend Letho. Shout out to Letho Fitzpatrick. What a good guy. Woo! The Fitz. The Fitz. Um, who's like the ultimate country pastor introduced he- us to this song. He has really, I mean, if anybody has embraced being all things to all people, it has to be Lethan. <laughs> like, you know, last time I saw him, um, okay, no. Last time I saw him was like urban Sydney and he was wearing like real nice, like cool, had the cool hairstyle looking, re- I mean, he still ha- he still looks cool, but he just looks so urban. And then last time I saw him, he's got like an Akubra and a Hilux Ute and stuff. Listening yeah. to Lee Kernigan. <laughs> It's so, mates, what you gonna do? It's so good. So anyway, I played that this morning for my wife while we were in the car and she was just looking at me like, okay, you you can stop now. There's enough. I I get the point. You can stop now, Jesse. Please stop. Please. (laughs) (laughs) That's so funny. I'm going to add it to my playlist right now. Bro, I literally just added it this morning because I was like, I got to have this song. I got to have this on my playlist. It's amazing. Anyway. So yeah, what's yours? What's yours, Josh? How do you even spell Lee Kernigan? Uh, L E E, Oh, I said K E R. All right. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. K E R N A G H A N. Yeah. All right, you got it, mate. You got it, mate. Mate. Um. Okay. Well, I was gonna say. Oh, well, you know, I'll just. Um. Obviously, Waymaker by Leland. 
Absolutely. Oh, yeah. man. Jesse and I were introduced to this song through a meme of all things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's a weird way to be introduced to an amazing worship song. Let me just say, that's the weirdest way I've ever been introduced to a worship song. <laughs> yeah, I've never I've never hit one through a meme before. Yeah, which is cool. I like the direction that life is going, where we're introduced to really good spiritual things through memes. Um, <laughs> Maybe like that's I'm like sure our some... whole thing. Well, I'm sure some people have been introduced to us by the memes that we share on our page. So, um. But yeah, yeah, it was this really good meme. It was like, you know that that SpongeBob I'm a head out meme, and mm-hmm. uh, but then it was um, when the worship leader plays Waymaker, and then it was a SpongeBob, and then it's just like, all right, I'm a transcend. <laughs> so well done. <laughs> it's just perfect. I, be- I believe at the time of this recording, this meme is kind of on the way out. Like I think it's almost a dead meme, but not quite. Yeah, I haven't seen it for a while. I think it's dead. Um. um Little known fact though, Leland did not actually write the song. Um, the song was written by a Nigerian gospel singer called Sinak. I did find that out when I looked up the chords to learn how to play it. Oi, how cool is that? Like when I when I listened to the Leland version, like the first version I listened to was the Michael W. Smith version. He did it, but the Leland version I think is heaps better. And then I was curious as to who actually wrote it because I thought Michael W. Smith wrote it. But turns out, um, yeah, Sinak actually wrote this song. And I went and I listened to the original version, which is about three years old at this point. Um, wow, really? Yeah, it, it came out a while ago. So it took a little while for it to um, get going. Um, so yeah, she yeah she wrote this song a couple years ago, uh, 2015, I believe, to December 2015 on YouTube and then uh, just a few years later everybody seems to pick it up Bethel picked it up Michael W. Smith picked it up Leland picked it up so everybody's playing it now yeah I even even Lethan again sent me a photo this morning of Hillsong playing it at their worship service this last Sunday oh I actually kind of want to see that could you send that to me please (laughs) Uh, he just sent me the photo it was if you just go on their last live stream okay cool yeah so yeah, it's cool. I like it when worship songs really do the run like this. And I mean, I still haven't heard it at a single Adventist church, but you know, it's fine. We'll be we could be the first ones, my friend, in this conference, the North New Zealand I, conference. Yes, I'm planning on it. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. All right. Anyway, side yeah. notes. Um. So anyway, we should probably any any other things you want to add about songs before we get into what we're actually talking about today. Um. What was the other song that you were gonna share? Oh, Faith by Bon Iver. Sounds like a Christian song, but it's not. Is it one it's of his, his new newest ones? Album. Yeah, it's okay. off his new album. I love cool. it. I like mm. if I ever make music, I want it to sound like I want it to sound like that song. Okay. Okay. That's cool. In a way. That's not, cool. not exactly like it, but just in a way. You know, so it's been a very inspirational song for me. I've listened to it so many <coughs> times. Yeah. Awesome. Pretty much paying right. for his whole career by how many times I've played it on Apple Music. So <laughs> All right, I'll definitely have later. to listen to it. Justin yeah. Vermin, aka Bonnie Yeah, cool. Um, the only other song that I have been listening to recently was uh, very recently actually. Uh, Rend Collective released a new song. It's called Revival Anthem, and um, it's it's cool. I love. I saw I like it pop up on stuff. YouTube, and I I didn't click it, and I wish I did now. Could have been educated on this. Mm, yeah, it's quite good. Uh, I really like. I I grew up listening to like Celtic music, and I play violin, so. I, I love Ren Collective right from the beginning. So, um, mm. yeah. New, new song. Actually, 
probably not their best song, but I, I really enjoy it. While we're talking about this, uh, just a side note. Anybody, I mean, I know a lot of our listeners are from the Seventh-day Adventist Church. Not all of them, but a lot of you. Um, so, quick question. We're just going to shoot it out there. But have any of you, do you know of any, like, uh, I don't know, any Adventist musicians writing music? If so, can you please just send them to me? I'm just, this is my broadcast. I want to know. So please send them to me. I'm I'm in I'm I'm working on something. Okay. Ooh. So Ooh. any Adventist musicians writing stuff. Okay, like worship stuff or whatever. Just send them. Okay. 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 Interesting. I'm 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 interested. I'm compelled. I'm intrigued. I'm curious. Yes. Well, it's not just me working on it. But anyway, I just need to know. Okay. So send them <laughs> to me, to or know. just send them to burn the haystack, and then it'll it'll make its way to me. All right. Great. 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 Cool. Anyway, second angel's message. Next angel. <laughs> Good meme. Good meme. Next angel. <laughs> All right. All right so um, should we do some? We will do. Well, let's do some really quick recap. Very quick recap. Just what the first angel is, and that will lead oh, yeah, us directly into the second angel. Okay. So I've got, I've got my Bible open to Revelation fourteen, verse uh, six, and this was what we did last week. Um, Revelation 14, verse 6. I'm reading from the NIV. Um, Here's what it says. Then I, and this is John speaking, saw another angel flying in midair, and he had the eternal gospel to proclaim to those who live on the earth, to every nation, tribe, language, and people. He said in a loud voice, Fear God and give him glory, because the hour of his judgment has come. Worship him who made the heavens, the earth, the sea, and the springs of water. So we camped out on that last week, and to be honest, there was just so much there that we could have we could have gone into even greater detail, even with that. Um, this week, literally one verse, just one verse, verse eight. Um, do you want to read it, or do you want me to read it? Oh, are you going to recap the last one? Like well, the, we, any thoughts from the last one, or no? Well, we could. I mean, so the first angel. Flying in midair, and we talked a little bit about the difference between like in the air and in the sky and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> like, that was, that if was... we're gonna recap the last episode. That's not exactly the part I would have thought you would have recapped. <laughs> but all right. Well, that was like the funniest. That was like the funniest <laughs> bit that I remember because uh, I remember thinking about that as we were talking through it and going, "Okay, we should probably move on because this is getting a little bit bizarre and not all that helpful." <laughs> Next minute, it was like the angel is a drone. Anyway. Yeah, the angels. Are, that's right. <laughs> um, so yeah, we talked about how yeah the idea about worship and who's worthy of worship, how God is the creator. He's not just uh, a living thing or a being or a part of the world that we worship. He is the only one worthy of worship. And how uh, in the first angel, the call to worship is also a call to recognize who we are and who God is. Um, who the, what the gospel is uh, a little bit we talked a little bit about that word gospel um, the eternal gospel or the everlasting gospel is the the, the phrase that we like to use sometime um, and then what, what it means to fear God um, yeah so I think that was cool again just go back and listen to the first episode if you want to get that in a little bit more detail hear all about how the angels are really drones um you'll be able to get that in the first episode (laughs) awesome all right i'll read the second verse go for it and then we'll just jump into it um 
an, uh, this is from the English Standard Version. Another drone. Oh, sorry, no. Another <laughs> angel. <laughs> man, man, someone should meme the three drones message for us. That'd be great. <laughs> or just make some artwork. We would love that. Please do. All it. right. Another angel, a second, followed saying, Fallen. Fallen is Babylon the Great. She who made all nations drink the wine of the passion of her sexual immorality. Wow. We're getting very lucid. <laughs> Yeah, it, this is insane. <laughs> the wine of the passion of her sexual immorality. That's yeah, that's pretty insane. Sounds like a sounds like a subtext on like an album, like a '90s metal album or something. Anyway, I bet you that there is an album out there by like a hard rock or like a metal group that have used that as a as as a like you know as sort of inspiration for their for their music. I bet you there's somebody out there who's done that. Surely. Oh yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I remember seeing finding an album once in JB Hi-Fi. This was years ago, and I kind of, I was kind of offended at the time, but now I kind of look back on it and laugh. But it was like a real colourful. It looked like a kids album, but then it was called Hell Song, um, <laughs> hymn number six six six. That is I terrible. Look at it, I'm like, oh, I can't believe someone did that. And all the album names are like horrendously sacrilegious. I'm like, oh, <laughs> left. It's kind of it's 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 clever. It's, still, it's clever, yeah. It's it's clever and bold to release a whole album like that. I guess is what <laughs> I, I wouldn't be as offended now. I'd probably take a photo of it and put it on my Instagram and be like, I cannot believe it. Anyway, you could definitely um, mean with that. How could you say something so controversial yet so brave? <laughs> okay, all right. So another angel, a second, followed, saying, "Fallen, fallen." Is Babylon. So the, I guess the first thing we need to look at um, is Babylon. Yes. And this is probably where we're going to spend the most amount of time in unpacking Babylon. Yeah. Because this and is actually... Our the, idea of Babylon. This is actually the idea. first time that Babylon is mentioned in Revelation. We have to go 14 chapters all the way through Revelation um, before Babylon is actually mentioned. And this is the first time that it's, that it's mentioned. But... The interesting thing is John here is assuming that the reader has a background knowledge on what Babylon is. So he is assuming that people are reading this letter with a um, Jewish apocalyptic mindset, understanding the visual ideas and motifs that he's using it because he's certainly not using new ideas. He's not using... He's actually... In this verse, he's actually taking a quote directly from a really ancient source, um, the book of Isaiah. Um, in fact, um, he is literally quoting Isaiah 21, uh, 9. If I could just read that really quickly. Um, Look, here comes a man in a chariot with a team of horses, and he gives back the answer, Fallen has Babylon... Babylon has fallen. All the images of its gods lie shattered on the ground. And this is a part of a prophecy. This is a part where Isaiah is prophesying against a whole bunch of nations. Um, chapter 20, prophecy against Egypt and Cush. 22, uh, 21, Babylon, Edom, Arabia. And then Isaiah goes on to prophesy against Jerusalem. So what John is doing is he is drawing on a Jewish apocalyptic tradition and he is lifting like literally lifting this quote from Isaiah um, and placing it within 
this narrative about these three angels. Um, and so he's assuming that you have, you the reader, have a Jewish understanding that you're coming to this with Jewish ideas and that you are reading this in the same way that you would read Jewish apocalyptic literature. Hmm. Yeah. And uh, I don't know about you, but I don't spend a lot of time reading Jewish apocalyptic literature. <laughs> a little bit. but That's not. the problem. And that's, that's the problem. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a very different world. Yes, absolutely. So, who is Babylon? What is Babylon? Um, that's the big question. Um, you could probably go back to, to Genesis, but probably the easiest way to encapsulate what Babylon is, is to compare it to the ancient kingdom of Babylon. Um, well, I would... Okay, I think let's just let's just do a quick cap on Gen- on the Tower of Babel. All right, let's do that. And then and then I'll, I'll do that, and then you do the um, and then you run into the ancient empire of Babylon. All right, sounds great. Because they are sort of like inter- they are interconnected. The the word is connected. They're they're an interconnected idea. Um, so basically, if you go back to Genesis chapter eleven, I'm sure you've all heard the story, um, of the Tower of Babel, and that's when. But but the thing that's interesting about the Tower of Babel, a lot of people look at it, it's just like, let's just build a really big tower. And, you know, we do that today. I don't know how big they actually built the Tower of Babel, but um, essentially the whole story comes down to man finding power in themselves, essentially. So the thing is back then, when you used to build a building, you, you used to just use like mud or if you were like a bit better off, you'd use stones, but obviously stones are all different sizes and so you could really only build so high and so stable and i'm pretty sure they just used mud to like stick the stones together yeah. i don't know if they quite had like a cement mix or maybe they had like something a little bit better than mud i'm not, it's like I'm not exactly ancient, sure it's like ancient mortar yeah yeah um and so really like that's sort of what the, what people were living in is like these little stone things or mud huts or maybe wood but eventually the the neighboring empire came along with bricks now bricks were like this fandangled new invention that we're going to revolutionize the world and they did and we still use them today um, <laughs> um, and honestly like back then bricks were so revolutionary and such an advanced almost te- yeah pretty much advanced technology in the time that it's kind of the equivalent to like us you know say in New Zealand and then there's like our neighbors have bombs or something and we don't have those kind of bombs you know or they have these yeah. warships and we don't have those warships it's that's like, what it is and then, oh yeah it's like you're living it's like you're living in these tribal huts like made out of stones or made out of wood and you have like these palisades that you're building to keep out neighboring warring tribes and then suddenly your neighbor just builds these huge walls again outside their city and they're building these huge buildings that you can't just knock down with rocks or sticks and it's like it's like yeah your enemy has suddenly advanced so many ages you know like if you're playing age vampires you know and then you're yeah. just stuck you're stuck in the stone age you know with your <laughs> sticks and your rocks yeah 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 pretty much um and so these guys coming along and having bricks, all of a sudden they find themselves so strong like wow look we have all of these uni- it's like these uniform um, objects that we can build with we are so strong that we can actually build a tower for ourselves um, and we you know their whole thing was like maybe we can just like reach the heavens and become gods and so it's essentially 
that that's what it's really all about. The Tower of Babel is man finding all of their own strength in themselves and in their own inventions and their own technology and being secure in that. And obviously we know that they start building the tower, they get it really high or whatever, and it's must be going pretty well for them. And then God's like, okay, let's stop this. Confuses them all. Um, and confusion, funnily enough, kind of becomes almost like a, a sign of Babylon into in, intermingled with like the idea of Babylon is this idea of confusion. Yeah. Um, and they all speak different languages and then they all spread out because they're like, well, this is too hard. Let's all just leave. Yeah. And then they all spread out and they all make... And that's how all the languages in the world started according to this story. So I mean, that's the story. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's just what it says. So yeah. um, pretty interesting. It's a pretty interesting old story. And I think it's pretty still kind of oddly relatable today. You know, that it's like your neighbors who have bigger, better guns than you do. And sometimes that can be, or mm. they have more money, they have more than you do. And then it's you with your little stone hut. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then they're building <laughs> this Tower of Babel. Like, what the heck is that thing? Um, yeah, I don't know. I think it's still a common feeling today. So yeah. that's sort of the, that's where the idea of it starts in Babel. And and the the ancient Jews, like we say Tower of Babel or Tower of Babel, but the ancient Jews translate that word as Babylon, the Tower of Babylon. And so mm. even before um, the empire of Babylon or the kingdom of Babylon, which, which came about as a, as a um, successor from the Assyrian empire, um, even before that empire f- was founded, um, the, the ancient Jews still had this idea of, of, of Babylon because... That's where that came from. And even Abraham. Abraham came from Ur of the Chaldeans, which was a, a region of Babylon. Um, so even though the kingdom, the empire, that later became like this huge big icon for everything wrong with human beings who try to use force and the, and the threat of death to get their way and to listen to their own wisdom rather than the wisdom of God. Even before that, um, this idea of what Babylon was as an icon was like forming and evolving in the in the psyche of these ancient Jewish writers. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, right on. Yeah. Um Yeah, so moving along to then all of a sudden there's a there's a city and or an empire called Babylon. Not just a city, yeah. it's a it's a, I don't even know what you call it. Um, yeah, empire I guess is the best word. Why did I try and come up with another word? I don't know. Great job, Josh. Yeah. Well, I mean, this is how the ancient world kind of how it kind of grew. Like you had these small townships or these tribes which would settle in an area and that small tribe would become a town or a village and then that village would become a city and eventually that city would become a, a city-state and then that city-state would become a kingdom and then in some cases that kingdom would become an empire and that's what Babylon became. Like it, just like any other kingdom, whether it was Rome or, you know, the Greek Empire or any other empire in the world, it started as this small little town. And, um, you know, there's academic debate as to who started it and where it started and how old it was and blah, blah, blah. But the Assyrian Empire, which was this empire that was kind of like a villain in the in the Israelite story from post um, coming out of, uh, of Egypt, um, the, this Assyrian Empire eventually gets disbanded and in its place, this Babylonian Empire. Um, I believe Nebuchadnezzar, um, his uncle was the leader of the Assyrian Empire and then he died and then the empire fell apart and Nebuchadnezzar kind of jumped in and took the place of where the Assyrian Empire once was. 
and he founded this city, whether the city was already there or whatever, and the city was called Babylon, and so the empire became Babylon, and he begins to flex his muscles, and we see that in the book of Jeremiah, um, where Nebuchadnezzar sets out to prove himself as this kind of god king in a way, um, and he wants to go on this conquest rampage, which he does, and he conquers and he pillages and he brings under submission all of his neighbors, including the kingdom of Judah. Um, and at this point, the southern kingdom and the northern kingdom is split and the southern king has kind of been over, overrun. And the northern kingdom in Judah, where Jerusalem is, um, they kind of hold out for a while, but then eventually Nebuchadnezzar... Um, he conquers them and then they rebel and then he comes back and basically raises the whole thing to the ground and knocks down the walls and destroys the temple and he does all this horrible stuff and carts away Daniel and his mates and a whole bunch of other people. Um, and Israel enters this exile period. And so a lot of the minor prophets and some of the writings of um, in, the, in the later Old Testament are like exile um, documents. They're written in exile because... Babylon has conquered them. Babylon has um, subjugated them. Um, and so we have this sense in some of the Jewish writings of um, Israel being on the back foot, uh, of being captives. And we have this sense in which Babylon is this overwhelming force, this, um, what is it? What is the term that I, that I use? Military industrial complex. Um, <laughs> Yeah, that's an easy set of words. Yeah, just all <laughs> flow together, don't they? I, I know, but it's like this it's this overwhelming military, political and religious force which seeks to exert its will through the threat of death and subjugation and and all that sort of stuff. And um in fact when the second angel says fallen fallen is Babylon the great, um I, I kind of didn't give you guys the whole picture because he is quoting Isaiah 21 verse 9, but he's also kind of quoting Daniel 4.30. Um, <gasps> yeah, and it's it's actually a direct quotation from Nebuchadnezzar who says, Is this not Babylon the great, which I myself have built as a royal residence by the might of my power and for the glory of my majesty? So... Mm. When we when you hear that, like I would say, like for me, like that makes me think of like royal divine language. You know, that's yeah, like yeah. look at look at what I have done. Look at the glory that I have um, that I have achieved. Look at all the the things that I've accomplished. Look out on Babylon the Great. Um, everything that's here is here because I made it, and I made it so, and I made it happen, and I exerted my force and my will. And now I get to revel in the riches that I have accumulated. Um, yeah. So that's the picture of, of Nebuchadnezzar. That's the picture of Babylon because Babylon is kind of like this extension of Nebuchadnezzar. Um, and if you remember in the story, Nebuchadnezzar is great for a while. And it's implied that he's great because God lets him in mm. Jeremiah. Um, you know, Jeremiah, God through Jeremiah actually says... I am going to allow Nebuchadnezzar to do all these things. I'm going to allow all these things to happen. Um, but then later on in the book of Daniel, we see God actually has a confrontation with Nebuchadnezzar and God ends up humbling him. And Nebuchadnezzar at the end also says, you know what? The only true God is the God of Daniel and the God of you know the Israelites. And he's the only one worthy of worship. But in the beginning, Babylon is this 
overwhelming military force that just comes in and, and takes what it wants. And if you don't like it, then it'll just kill you or it'll kill you and, and take your children and take all your stuff and burn your house down. And, and that's what Karen. it does. Yeah, it's Karen. It's Karen. <laughs> that's, that's the meme, right? <laughs> Sorry if we have any listeners named Karen, but it's a good meme. The empire of Karen. <laughs> <laughs> Karen is fallen. Anyway, Oh, that is, uh, this this episode is becoming very meme worthy. I'm loving it. Oh yeah, it's good. It's good, man. We could make a whole meme version of that. No, we probably shouldn't. And maybe I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> um. Yeah. Tasteful. So anything anything tasteful. more to add add to that, Josh? Yeah. Well, I mean, that's like Babylon. The picture of Babylon is like what they're surrounded by. What they're stuck in. Yeah. Um. It's this thing that they just can't seem to get away from. It's it's the system in a way. It's like the man. Mm, mm. Um, and, but obviously, yeah, it's hard for us who live in a country like New Zealand or Australia or even America. It can be hard for us to grapple with the same kind of empire that they were dealing with back then. Because again, we're not ruled by another empire, but we are ruled by other things, which we'll talk to. Um, mm. We'll get there. But, that that sort of thing of just feeling like you have no control over your own life you have you have to like you have to fit in and work in this system um and so to hear something like babylon is fallen to be revolutionary really but mm. again yeah. we'll get there we'll get there yeah and, <laughs> and, and babylon a lot of the time what people try to do is they try to say well babylon is Set, said country or Babylon is a political leader or Babylon is a religious leader and we try to just um, apply Babylon to whoever it is because the idea is we have to get out of Babylon like that's the call is, is to get out of Babylon and yeah. and it's this idea that Babylon is just somebody who is a false teacher or somebody who is trying to trick you or Babylon is somebody who's trying to pull the wool over your eyes or whatever. But to the ancient Jews, Babylon is, it's, it's, it's more than just an empire. It's more than just one person. Babylon is, is an idea. It's like that, it's like that malevolent force. It's like an, it's like in Harry Potter before Voldemort even arrives, he's kind of talked about and people talk about him in hushed terms and they, they go, he sh- who shall not be named. Like people are scared of him, even though he hasn't stepped onto the screen yet. And he's mm. like this force that's hanging over you. Like it's almost, it's, it's the same. It's the same as any Dark Lord. Like in Lord of the Rings, you never see Sauron. Nobody has a conversation with Sauron in person, only through like a seeing stone. And you never actually see him. The heroes never actually go up to him and fight him and then kill him. Like that just doesn't happen. But he's this force. He's this thing which is looming over the heroes constantly, this dark force that's always looming over them, that's always there to manipulate, to trick, to try and um, tempt, you know? And mm. that's what the ring represents as well. Um, so Same as ba- Star Wars. I mean, it's yeah. the, the dark side of the force. You don't, you don't see the dark side of the force. Well, yeah, no, no you don't really, but... But it's this constant like thing they talk about, like don't get sucked into it. It's you know, it's oh the dark the dark side is calling, all that sort of stuff. Join the dark side. It's this thing that it's like it's yeah. looming in the entire 
well, it's not a trilogy anymore. The whole saga, really, all yeah. the sagas. And it's what it's what Yoda and Obi Wan constantly tell our young heroes. It's that the dark side is seductive. You know, the dark yeah. side doesn't seem to be bad. Like, ooh, we give it this name, the dark side, and that must mean it's dark. But then, when Luke and Anakin, you know, they both attempted by the dark side in different ways. The dark side is something which is seductive, which is something which, oh, maybe it's not that bad. Oh, maybe it's maybe I can just use it, but I can use it for good means. You know, like. In, in the in the prequel trilogy, Anakin is just completely um, set on using the dark side to save Padme because he's afraid that she's going to die. And then that becomes the very thing which kills her in the end mm. is the dark side and his misuse of the dark side, um, which is like his nightmare coming true. And yet he made it come true. So yeah, it's, it's kind of like that. It's yeah, that's a really... That's a really good example. Babylon is kind of like the dark side because what Babylon says is, I can give you everything you've ever wanted. All you have to do is compromise in this area, in this area, in this area, and you can have whatever it is that you want. You can have power and riches. And it's like, you know, I will give you your wildest dreams. All you have to do is compromise a little bit in this area and that area, and it'll all be yours. You know, that's that's what Babylon is. (laughs) I'm coming up with a whole new set of memes in my head right now, but okay. (laughs) Did you ever hear the tragedy of Nebuchadnezzar the Wise? (laughs) It's not a a tale the Israelites would tell you. (laughs) Oh my goodness. But yeah, no, it's, that's the thing. This idea of Babylon, again, it, 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 uh, yeah, it does work because it's that whole seductive idea that you can have what you want. You just have to compromise here, here, here. But they don't even say it like that. They just focus on what you want so bad and it drives this want in you and this greed um, to yeah. the point of destruction. I mean, we and see Babylon We see Babylon in Genesis chapter uh, 2. You know, Genesis chapter 2 with the, with the serpent and, and the woman. And the idea is that um, the serpent is saying, if you just take the fruit, then you'll be like God. You'll have everything that you ever wanted. You just have to compromise in this very small area. You can reach out and you can take it and you won't have to rely on God's wisdom and God's set of rules and God's set of what's right and wrong. You can redefine good and evil on your own terms. You can be like a God. All you have to do is reach out and take it for yourself rather than trusting God's generous gift to you. Yeah. I mean, even, I mean, again, Nebuchadnezzar, there's that dream that, you know, God's like giving you your empire now, but one day it'll end. And that's the gold, the gold head on the statue in his dream. And then mm. the next empire will come and the next empire and the next. So he's like, it was almost like God was saying, just, I've given you this now, you know, but you, you don't, it's not going to be there forever. And you have to be okay with that. Cause one day there's going to be a day where God will rule over all and that's the mountain. Yeah. But then he couldn't even accept that. So it's like as a monument to himself and to his greed and the epitome of Babylon, he builds an entirely gold statue that everybody has to worship. Gold from head to toe because it's like, no, my empire will never end. And that's that greed again coming into it and destroying us from the inside out that we feel like, I don't know, our empire needs to be like, needs to be it. Um, It's a fascinating idea, really. 
and can it's, stretch it's, into so many things that we still see even in a New Zealand or a, or yeah. a, you know America like a Portland or whatever like yeah. it's this is still present it's not just one thing it's not just it's not just the idea of the pope in my opinion it's yes it it could be you know but i think it's also something we see all the time i think it's interesting i mean it's it it's definitely a challenging idea to think god literally set up nebuchadnezzar god set up babylon to succeed like this horrible empire he god set them up god ordained sanctioned gave the red stamp of approval onto babylon and to the empire and he said yeah you guys go for it i'm going to raise you up and then when your time is over i'm going to raise somebody else up it's like this it's almost like god is kind of raising up empires to see what they're going to do with it to see if they're going to repent of whatever you know quote-unquote wicked ways that they might have if they're going to acknowledge God's rule and God's reign, and if they're going to rule alongside God. And he does the same with, with Israel, I think. He, he raises up the family of Abraham. He turns that family of Abraham through centuries into this vibrant kingdom, and he turns Israel into this powerful nation. He blesses the nation of Israel through David and through Solomon. But it only takes like two or three generations for Israel to kind of fall back into Babylon. And it's interesting. I, I find this really interesting, by the way. Babylon as an idea, it's not just it's not just for the the foreigner. It's like it's not just for Babylon, because Babylon is a type of Babylon. Egypt is a type of Babylon. And Rome is a type of Babylon as well. But in the biblical story, in the in the in the Israelite story, Israel becomes Babylon as well, because it it, mm. it, it rejects God, it um, wants to rule by its own wisdom. There are kings that come along that do not respect the scriptures. They don't respect the law. They don't respect the wisdom of God. They don't respect the rule of God. They um, compromise in several really key areas, such as worship and sexual purity and some of these really important areas and then yeah. israel becomes a babylon it 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 taxes people and um it drives them into poverty and it it manipulates and it corrupts and it does all this stuff and that's what babylon does so babylon isn't just um for the people outside who aren't in the club we can also become babylon ourselves like we <laughs> I'm saying we as an Adventist church like to label different people or different groups as Babylon. But have we ever stopped to consider, have we become Babylon ourselves? Um, Ooh. Is Babylon within us? Yeah. Ooh. Is, the, is yeah. the dark side, is the dark side stirring amongst our ranks? <laughs> is <there laughs> you know? <a> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. 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 No, it's, oh, it's deep. It's real deep. Um, because that's that's the thing as well like in revelation when so revelation is like a vision seen by john while it's on the isle of patmos right but when he sees this angel come down and say babylon is fallen like babylon doesn't there is no physical babylon at the time of this vision there's no and you know there hasn't been a babylon since not that i know of but it's it's not it's not a thing anymore yeah. but it is a thing it's like it's like an ideal that carries on yeah. and so 
that's to see an angel say Babylon is fallen. And it's like, it's sort of a mix of like, because it's saying it in like present tense, but then this whole thing's happening in like a future tense. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of so the a interest- little bit confusing, but yeah. Well, the interesting thing about that verb is um, the verb is kind of like, it's saying that it's it has happened, but it's also announcing that it will happen. So when when the angel says, fallen, fallen is Babylon the Great, if we were to translate it to our sort of modern Western sensibilities, it would probably be more accurate to say, fallen, fallen, Babylon is going to fall or something like that. Like it's assured, like history hasn't mm-hmm. happened yet, but it has been written in stone. In other words, the Babylon isn't fallen quite yet, but it definitely is going to fall. It's that's that's a fact and there's nothing it can do about it. Yeah. Yeah. And in a way, it's like it's already it's yeah, so it's always like it's it's lost the war, but it's just trying to win as many battles as it can until the yeah. end. Yeah. Yeah. And it's also yeah, this this idea that no matter what empire rises or falls, you know, like as you mentioned, Josh, with the statue in Daniel, you know, the the Babylonian Empire was there for a while and then the Medes and Persians came in and they they were there for a while and then the Greeks came in after them and then so on and so forth, all the way down to the Roman Empire, which held on for an extraordinarily long time. And by the way, when the when the first century Christians would have received this writing, they would have immediately thought of Babylon as being ancient Rome. That's that's probably, mm. that was the biggest, that was Babylon to them. That was probably the biggest, baddest, worst example of Babylon that perhaps the world has ever seen, at least in the West. Um, and so when these first century Christians saw Babylon, they thought, ah, Rome, um, as well as the fact that a lot of the stuff that happens in Revelation um, you can see a lot of that happening in the first and second century with what happened with Rome and the fall of Jerusalem and all that sort of stuff as well. But that's a very big, different topic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, cool. So let's let's jump along, right? So he sees. So I think we've given a pretty good picture of what Babylon is, and that it's destined to fall. Um, well, even today. What do you what do you see Babylon as today? Like, what are some extended examples? Yeah, I mean, this would be the part where you would say, "Well, it's the United States of America," or <laughs> "It's the papacy." I I actually think that there's more to the United States being sort of a Babylonian type um, entity than I would probably like to give it credit for. Because I, I look, I I'd be I'd be very um, reticent to make a wild prediction like such and such is Babylon. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I but, mean, yeah. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Keep going. Keep going. Well, look, all I was going to say is the United States, I think, is a type of Babylon, at least in the last few decades. Uh, I think that um, there are all the, a, a lot of the hallmarks of Babylon. So there's insane, insane pride their um, nationalism and all that sort of stuff. There is a sense in which um, it's us against them. It's us against the world. It's, you know, global superpower. The, the the wealth and the power and the influence of the United States and of other nations definitely as well is definitely, it, it's, it's significant. Um, and the sense in which it's like 
every no, nothing else matters except for the the US is kind of a thing. And I know that's coming off as very broad strokes and that could be very offensive for Americans, but honestly, most most of the people who are saying that America is Babylon are Americans themselves. So I'm just <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what uh, that's what you said. Well, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Like when I was asking about what do you see Babylon as? I mean, I didn't because that's the, I think the traditional Adventist understanding of this is like, oh, it's the Pope and America will unite and yeah. it'll be this fueled Catholic what is it like a religious institution backed by political power and that sort of thing and yeah i'm not saying that's not it like i think like clearly that's babylonian when you even just hearing that you're like oh yeah that is like the most babylon thing i've ever heard in my life yeah um but it's i think yeah like we're saying it also extends beyond that to things we see today like babylon isn't just something we're waiting to see it's something that we're seeing every day in this like you know, where 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 you see it when you see a company that just uses up its employees and treats them like dirt and chews them out the other side and fires them without any sort of help or assistance or warning or that sort of thing. Or mm. you know, you see it when you see um, I don't know <laughs> industry like destroying land and that sort of thing and burning down trees and destroying entire rainforests in order to just have more industry there. You you see it in schools. Like <laughs> you see it like where students are just treated as money makers and <laughs> their education. It's only valuable as long as they pass everything. Like it doesn't matter if they learn. Like, I don't know. You see, you see Babylon in so many different ways in which human life isn't valued the way God values it and people put systems and things in place of God being their their only ruler and God being their only sustainer in life but instead it becomes something like man gets in the place of it and mm. that's why like I mean I'm not trying I'm not out here to like bash Catholics or anything but that's why I mean that's something that clearly like at least in Catholic history we see with with like you know people just praying to popes or just praying to saints. It's like them putting themselves in the way of people getting a direct relationship with God. Mm. Um, now, I know not all Catholics believe that same sort of thing today. So that's why I'm not bashing, but I'm just saying like that's part of the, uh, like an issue that I see and a prime example of somebody putting them in somebody putting themselves in a place that they shouldn't be. I think Protestants are not nowhere near have the high ground when it comes to that sort of stuff either. Like I just think of the um the evangelical church today that is built up which is an industry it's an industry in the same way that the film industry and the music industry is an industry um where you have celebrity pastors who are for all intents and purposes worshipped and esteemed you know far above what they probably should have you know and they're driving expensive cars and they're flying around in private jets and they're you know absolutely honored in the way that sometimes it feels like only god should be honored um, mm. and so-called Christians using underhanded um, techniques and tricks and 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 tactics to get ahead or to you know increase their book sales or to increase their reputation or their influence in this area or that area or whatever it may be. I know I'm being vague, but I mean I think most of us can probably think of one or two examples in our um, neighborhood. Um, yeah, as you said, Babylon is is all around us, and it's not just 
one thing or it's not just one political system it's not just one religious system it is anything which seeks to dehumanize people around us to promise power in return for compromise and for um yeah the it's 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 the myth of redemptive violence that if we just kill the bad guys then we're the good guys you know we see that played over in our movies and our television over and over again you know mm. violence is always justified because the bad guys are bad guys you know i one yeah. of the things which really i've i've noticed is that in most in most superhero and fantasy and sci-fi movies the bad guys are always almost almost always masked and suited up because they don't look like people like our heroes well then they must not be here they might, they must not be people you know um so that's something which i think we all kind of buy into like it's if i get cut off on the road i'm going to flip the bird to that person or i'm going to yell at them or i'm going to abuse them you know if somebody if somebody screws me over i got to get petty revenge um if only I can use my will and my force to exert upon somebody else, then that'll make me better or that'll make the world better. And I think that, I think the ultimate, like the, the way that Paul describes what Jesus did at the cross is he brought shame upon the powers of darkness and the authorities by dying on a cross. Like Jesus undermines and overthrows the system of Babylon by dying on the cross. His coronation is the ultimate act of redemptive sacrifice um and jesus shows babylon for what it is it shows that babylon cannot be trusted that the promises that babylon um tries to to promise us are hollow and ultimately will not deliver what it says it will deliver Mm. and that the center of being is not redemptive violence but redemptive sacrifice and self-giving love um i think that's I think that's the, the true message when it comes to Babylon has fallen. Babylon isn't fallen because God got out a big stick and beat it up. You know, like that's not what God does. God defeated Babylon by sacrificing himself in the form of Jesus on the cross. That's how Babylon was defeated. Not through violence, but through sacrifice. Ooh, yes. Like that Jesus is showing a totally different way of life in which rather than you just out to get, 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 you're actually out to give and to serve and to love. And that is mind-bending. Like I was even reading something recently how the idea of humility is like a fundamentally Christian idea. Like before that, it was either you get honor or you get shame. But then the idea of humility is like you give somebody else the honor by shaming yourself. Yeah. Like that is just so, yeah. I don't know, uh, I, and I know it's not like a perfect description, but it's, mm. yeah, I don't know, an interesting idea that Jesus is, that Babylon is fallen, and ultimately, like, in a, like, with Revelation and, and Jesus coming again one day, um, like, the the physical manifestations of Babylon that we see today will fall too, because he comes, but ultimately, the ideal of Babylon is already shown to be defeated, because of what Jesus did on the cross. Mm. Yeah. And that's yeah. so encouraging when when I'm in traffic and somebody cuts me off, <laughs> you know, <laughs> when I see... But honestly, yeah, when I see, like, industry destroying people yeah. and I see all this garbage happening around and I just know that it's it's already lost. 
it's yeah, already and, fallen. And when you when you see that stuff and you think that's wrong and that's not right and somebody should do something about that, that's when Jesus comes into the picture and says, you don't have to be part of this system. You don't have to live like everybody else does. You don't have to buy into um, the Babylonian system. There's actually a better way for you to be. And that's where mm. the, the way of Jesus comes into it and following him um, is about rejecting Babylon and choosing to live in a way that brings human dignity back to the planet and brings the dignity of plants and animals and all of creation um, where it's been lost. So good. So good. <laughs> uh, I feel like we just had like a Rob Bell episode, honestly. I just feel, raise your glasses, friends. <laughs> you know? Grace and peace, you know? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's ah, kind of so, like everything's going to be like, okay now. Yeah, well, that's honestly the second the second angel's message is like so encouraging and uplifting, and I think sometimes we do a really bad job of like portraying it. Mm. So I think this is a really we've had it's been cool to talk about it in the way I think it's meant to be spoken about. Um, yeah. Now I know I just want to put a little disclaimer out there, and I probably should have put this out at the beginning of the episode. Um, if you're a more traditional Adventist, um, maybe what we're talking about will offend you. I don't think it will. But it's just basically we think there's just more than one way to understand this, and it's it's bigger than just just like making Babylon, we Rome or that the, sort of thing. If you've listened to the podcast for a while, you know that we don't just take whatever the traditional view is and just you know hammer that home. I think that the traditional view is a we think the traditional view is a good place to start, but there is greater depth in the scriptures. There's greater depth in the biblical story. Um, and just sticking to the well-trodden path isn't always the best way to, I guess, understand these big ideas. I think there's there's much more. And so that's why we, we do wander off the path a little bit of what's sort of accepted and traditional. But hopefully that brings further depth and understanding. Discussion. And yeah. Yeah. So, mm. yeah. So that's, that's, that's the second angel. Um, hope you guys are enjoying so far let us know what you think um we will be finishing this off next week with a a a third um a third episode on the third angel there's a little bit more um it's a little bit more dense i i feel like today we're just introducing this idea of babylon so hopefully next week we'll be able to lean into well, that third angel's message um and you'll be able to see where we're going with it i'm i'm really excited Oh yeah, me too. So get keen, everyone. We're doing it. We're going to finish the three drones message. We're going to talk about how Babylon is Karen. She took the kids. Um, anyway, anyway. Uh, no, but honestly, yeah, we'd love to hear your thoughts. And again, we don't think we have all the answers. We're just on a journey and dis- and discovering this stuff for ourselves. My cat's going crazy. If you can hear that. Oh my gosh. Um, and so, doing like backflips and stuff this is amazing all right wow um but we'd love to hear from you please 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 we'd love to hear from you join our facebook group we've just changed the rules um so it's easier than ever to enter you don't have to use a password anymore we decided to change it because people getting confused and (laughs) i honestly i honestly don't know why but clearly it was an issue so we changed it. It's a lot easier to join now. So please join. Just answer the question, please, and hit the button. Makes our life a lot easier so that we can accept you into the group. Yep. And if you don't answer the question, you're not in. All you have to do is answer the question. That's it. All right. Easy. All right. Answer it. Answer um, it. Okay. All right. We love you. 
And for all things Burn the Haystack, go to burnthehaystack.org. And if you haven't already, please uh, subscribe to the podcast. And if you have subscribed and you've been listening for a while, leave us a review on any of the podcatching apps, uh, particularly iTunes. That would be really appreciated. Thank you very much. Oh, yeah. So that is Josh and Jesse. Oh! Holy heck, that was different. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry for your ears. That's all right. Oh, oh my gosh, I peaked so hard. That's so funny. All right, you know what? I'll do you a normal one just in case that's not going to work, okay? Okay. All right. Thank you so much, everyone. We love you. That is Josh and Jesse out. Hey, right, how's it going, good. everybody? Yeah. All right, cool. <clears throat> wow. Wowee, Jesse. Wow, hey, Joshy. You're Joshy. Uh, How are you going? Man, I do not get called Joshy very often these days. Oh, praise the Lord for that. Yeah, I guess, guess so. <laughs> don't know, it's not, not something I thought Maybe about praising the Lord. Huh? Do you, do you miss it? Well, it is a bit of a, it is a bit endearing. Somebody calls you it something is a bit like endearing. that. Yeah, but All right. I don't really miss it. Fair enough. I don't, I don't want everybody in my church calling me Joshy. <laughs> what? Why not? <laughs> well, it's well, okay. Like, I mean, it's endearing, but you couldn't really take someone seriously that you call Joshy. Yes, that is exactly right. It's endearing, but it's mostly condescending if you're an adult. I think. It's, yeah, yeah, like a a nice mix of both. Mm. The only person I ever called Joshy as an adult was Josh Page. But that was supposed to be cute. Wait, sorry, it just broke up a little bit. What'd you say? The only person that anybody I ever heard anybody called Joshy um, as an adult was Josh Page, and that was just kind of being cute, and it worked for him. But I don't think it would work with anybody else. Mm. That's a shame. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, oh, well, let's, let's do it, yeah. Oh, I haven't even thought... Yeah. Uh, you know what? I'm just going to spring the question of the week on you. Or do you want to spring the question of the week on me? I got nothing, so you go for it. All right, I've always got something. Okay. Awesome. <laughs>